Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of Nerd Nonsense. I'm your host JP and tonight I'm joined by Roman on the Rocks as in our last episode and then of course the wonderful girl with the curls Sam has joined us and our friend Tiff adds her wonderful sense of rage to tonight's episode. We discuss a number of things including BVS, Daredevil, a little bit of DC television, and we even get some Marvel in there as we kind of compare the different methodologies and ideologies of superheroes in the popular medium today. We also kind of talk about what does this mean because this is a trend we've seen in the comic books over the years and we haven't always liked the crossover centric stories that have consumed our comic books for the better part of two decades. So we get into a lot of bit that, we talk about it, we permeate on it, and we give some good opinions. So we'll take a listen, enjoy, and uh, you know, try following our rambles. Always thank you to um, the wonderful guys at Monster City for letting me use Reeling from a Feeling as our intro and outro music. So make sure you check them out. Our friend Jack is always a wonderful person to, to catch on the interwebs. And make sure to check out the Maniacal Geeks website, Girl with the Curls podcast, and more. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs> do I tip in my contact list? I don't know if I do or not. I think James or I could probably add her. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't know that I actually have her. Well, I have her. I don't know if I have her, have her. Like, I have her under one profile. <laughs> Don't you have her, brah? Come on, brah. Uh, I don't know, bro, Sidon. I don't know. I actually um, really love that commercial, even though it disturbs the crap out of me. The Geico commercial? Yeah, it's pretty. Though, I have a new favorite commercial. I've decided just today, actually. Have you seen the Cookie Monster Siri commercial? Yeah, with the uh, time in a bottle playing. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. <laughs> Anytime you can incorporate Jim Croce into something, I'm kind of happier like, for it. <laughs> well, and it's Cookie Monster like lamenting. It's just, it's just so wonderful. I know. It's just, it, you know, unlike Batman v Superman, it gets the character right. <laughs> so here's the best thing, right? So, so not to not to go on too much of a diatribe, um, <laughs> but like I was, so I was talking to my buddy Paul. <laughs> And sorry, like the cork How on my scotch starts. is looking weird. Um, so Your I'm, scotch is looking weird. Yeah, I'm kind of worried. Like um, it's staring it, at you. Like you can no, see. No, like it looks like the cork is rotting, which is not a good thing. Mm, um, sign at all. Did we assign responsibility for adding Tiff? Oh, I don't think we assigned it. I think we all talked about it because we're all really good at that. Where we're like, hey, yeah, that could be a thing. Sure. I'm great at talking about things. <laughs> so, no, so it's one of those where, uh, so I was talking to Paul because I was expecting, so my best friend Paul is the biggest, like, Man of Steel fan. Like, huh. almost, like, better than anybody. Um, because he, like, he thought it was, like, the most amazing visual effects and da 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 da. And I'm like, you're an idiot. You know that, right? Like, so many I don't think better movies, right? I'm like, I don't think you've seen a movie with good visual effects. Like, um, isn't he uh, East Sweden, right? No, Paul's just American stupid. Um, uh, so, <laughs> so, I don't know why I thought this. <laughs> uh, his his wife is from Russia, so that might have been part of it. That, uh, that could have been why you're like, he might be from Sweden. I, I mixed up the ethnicities of the other one in the couple. <laughs> well, you know, so he, so, 
Of course. Like, I knew, and I told him this today. I was like, I knew before, I knew at the first preview of Man of Steel, or not Man of Steel, of BVS, like, I knew you were going to love this movie, no matter what. It doesn't matter what anybody says. I knew you were going to love this movie because you've got some weird, like, douche bro love for, like, the weird, the, the biggest sack of shit that is Zack Snyder. Um, and you also loved Man of Steel. And this is basically Man of Steel 2.0. Like, this, like... It, it, well, it's part of it is fault. Man of Steel 2.0. The rest of it is a mess. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so I was like... Uh, so I knew you were going to love this movie. And I was like... And it's why I just... I decided not to feed the animal. Like anytime you posted about it, I was like, I'm not going to say a word because if I say something, that means I've acknowledged it. And if I acknowledge it, then that means I, I have to talk to to you about it. And I just, I, I, I have no room for that. So the best thing is like, we actually had uh, for a brief moment, like a really like down to earth conversation about it today. Cause we were talking about it. And I was just like, like, I imagine you just loved every aspect of this movie. And he goes, I didn't though. And I was just like, so why are you raving about this movie being so amazing? He goes, yeah, I don't know. Maybe at the mo- like at the time, it was like the glow, like the afterglow was just like this great thing. And like the more I saw it, because he's seen it like five times. I Dear was like, God. Right. I was like, what is wrong with you? But in all those five times, because that's the thing. He's just like, like the first time I watched it. Yeah. Like it was kind of confusing. And a lot of things didn't kind of make sense. And then like the more I watched it the more certain things started to like kind of plug together. And I, I was seeing like where it was going. Like I can see like what they're maybe thinking for like the future. And I was just like, see, most of us don't want to go see a movie more than once in a theater unless we get it from the get go. And it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Not like, many of us want to like, Oh, I need to go rewatch. It's like when people told me, uh, like, dude, have you seen Napoleon Dynamite? That's like the best movie ever. And so I watched it one time and I went, this is the dumbest thing I've ever watched. Like, I've lost gray cells for this. I was warned by my sister and her then boyfriend not to go see it because they, <clears throat> they saw it twice. And they saw it the second time because they weren't certain that they had maybe, like, maybe they had missed something. Like, they thought that maybe, like, a second viewing would help. And they were like, nope, that's, like, four <laughs> hours of our lives. We can never Well, do- and that's the thing is, like, I had, I had like, two or three friends who were like, dude, you just got to, you got to watch it, like, more than once. And it gets better. Like, every time you watch it, it gets a bit better. And I was like, see, that's the thing. A movie shouldn't start off terrible. And then I have to confuse myself into believing it's getting better. Because I think that's what everybody's doing here. Is they're like... <laughs> It, it can't be this bad. Like, like it, it's got to be better. Like, I mean, so it's got to be like that, that. That wasn't so bad. I mean, we saw it the first time. <laughs> so here's here's going to be my take on it. And it's why I'm not on Napoleon Dynamite why, or BVS. No, on BVS. Mm-hmm. Well, and just on movies like this in general, like there's there's a certain amount of. I believe that BVS would be a cult film if it had been made for a third the price. Yeah. Um, I believe that Man of Steel would have had a cult following if it had been made for half the price. I think there is an element of this where, and I, you guys saw, I kind of, Tiff and I were talking about it through the message the other day where my low expectations really worked for me Mm -hmm. because I think what they're talking about when they say, well, you got to watch it like 19 times. (laughs) It's because 
each time they watch it, I think they're less emotionally tied to their ex to their previous expectations. Oh, that's fair. Mm. Well, and they're they're saying that the um, the box office. I mean, the it had the biggest drop from Friday to Sunday. Like as much as it's as 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 much money as it did make initially, it's uh, because of word of mouth and also like certain critical responses. The drop off has been huge, like a fifty five percent drop from Friday to Sunday of opening right. weekend, you, which is. Do you guys hear like some crazy backbeat from my mic? No. No. Okay. Um, well, and so so like I was talking to him, and like we delved into the movie a little bit. And I was like, cause I told him, I was like, cause I talked to him a little bit about it after me and Sam did our three hour, like we're going to vent about everything that was just confusing <laughs> and weird and terrible about this. Um, yeah, like an end of being a bonus episode. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so I told him, I was just like, so here's the thing at the end of it. I was just like, really like at the end of the day, like for me, dude, I was like, I'm just, it's not. It's not my version of the characters that I want to see. That's really what it boils down to. If we want to get down to brass tacks, like flat out, what is it about this movie I don't like? There's a lot of things I don't like that I can nitpick the shit out of. But really, the core of it is this is not the version of these characters that I wanted to see. Um, Right. And he was just like, thank you. He's like, I think that's the biggest problem is if more people could just say that instead of like spewing like, all this like weird bullshit on both sides. Mm-hmm. He was like, I think the, the, the critical hate wouldn't nearly be that bad. If people would just be like, it's just not the version of the characters I like, or these are completely the version of the characters I want, you know, like at, at that, like it'd be fine, but it's not, it's like, it, it's, well, it's, for some of them, I stress it's, my opinion and people take it as like, I'm attacking that they love this movie. And I'm like, no, I'm just yeah. expressing the reasons I didn't care for it. That's right. why I had to add that right. into like the article about him, about Superman talking. Cause I was like, I don't want there to be any, like, uh, you know, if there would be any backlash to it, which I, I don't believe that there would be at this point, but it's kind of like, look guys, if you like this movie, fine. It is not a huge deal to me. If you enjoy these characters, like if it's, if it gets to, if it boils down to you just wanted to watch Superman and Batman punch each other real good, then you're winning as far right. as the like, summer movie <laughs> season is concerned. You got Tiger's blood and Adonis DNA, bro. You are doing great. Well, and I, I was watching um, Kevin Smith's, uh, his review. I mean, it's an hour long, so I was kind of skipping around and just seeing kind of like the gist of what he had to say. Um, and and he, he at one point was talking about that the dream sequence. Uh, the big one uh, with the parademons and everything. And he was like, man, they gave us parademons. That just made me like that. That just made me love it. You know, more or whatever. And like that sealed the deal for me. It's like, well, okay, you are easily entertained. Right. <laughs> and, and for some people, that's all it was. That's, they just wanted to see certain things that apparently they'd been so desirous of, of seeing for so long because I guess parademons were a thing people were really. Like, I would have been, I would have been hella sold if instead of instead of uh, in the fight, instead of him going with uh, crypto gas grenades, um, if he had instead gone with like kryptonite brass knuckles and just like beat him with brass knuckles, like I'd have been all about that. I'd have been that like, you know what, the rest effective. of this movie is shit. Sold. Like this is perfect. No, brass knuckles actually would have been effective because it doesn't wear off. It's just right. Keeps- Punching. Oh my gosh. So yeah, no, like, and, and that's, and that's all, and like the only, uh, like the, one of the other biggest things, and like, I'm sure me and him are going to talk about it like a lot more, 
Um, because this is one of those movies like we're all going to be talking about for months. Yeah. Um, and, and the other thing he conceded is, uh, is I was just like, he is just like, I really felt like doomsday was really unnecessary. Like I felt like that should have just been a separate thing. Like they should have just done a separate movie. And I was like, this whole movie should have just been separate movies. They could have ground out like three different movies from this thing really expanded on like three different storylines and made it like amazing in that sense. Like instead of smashing a bunch of like random shit together, he's like, yeah, I was just like, but what you didn't like doomsday. You didn't like the rock troll, uh, Superman fight. Like you didn't like that. And he was just like, dude, that was so bad. And I was just like, well, I'm glad that you see this. Why didn't Superman give the spear to wonder woman or Batman? (laughs) The two people who could why didn't Superman just call in Frodo and the other hobbits to like take this thing down? Like that's what... okay. Well, admittedly, <laughs> so here. Okay, so very quickly, uh, here's what we're gonna do. We're just gonna start the show. Hey guys, can you hear me at all? Now we can. Yay! Hi, sis. Yay! It works. <laughs> it worked. I was fucking around with so many settings. I'm like, okay, well, maybe this is gonna fix it. Maybe this is gonna fix it. Like Skype updates, and then suddenly you forget how technology works. <laughs> I didn't forget anything. It's apparently my technology that forgot how to technology. No, Tiff, you clearly <laughs> forgot. Not I mean, yeah. clearly everything on, is my fault. We're just prepping for tomorrow's inevitable cavalcade of fuckery. You want me to come? You want me to set fire to the place, Tiff? You want me to do that? Set fire to the rain. That yeah. is that what we're offering to do? I can just Let's set fire to whatever you need me to set fire to. I'm just offering. I mean, I'm pretty into that whole thing. Like, if we can really just figure out it. how to set fire to rain, I'm all about that. Like, I don't even care who's it, who it's affecting. Like, let's just set fire to rain. <laughs> you just spray gasoline into the air, have it mix with the rain, and then set it on fire. It's very easy. Yeah, but see, I don't, yeah, that's that too hard. much work. I need, we need to, like, create a gasoline. No, you can't be a firebug and lazy like, at the same no, time, James. Yeah, you need can't. to create, like, like cloud seeding. We need to create, like, gasoline cloud seeding, so it just happens, like, and then we just light everything That sounds actually worse than the Fury Fury Road world, (laughs) which I really didn't think could happen short of a Trump presidency, so I don't know what you're trying to do here yet, but your time is not now. (laughs) Oh, no. Trump's going to do that, and he's going to get the Canadians to pay for it. Exactly! So don't get ahead of your shit, James. God. (laughs) But I want it now! Well, Trump is coming. It's fine. Y'all, we've got to form a ragtag group, go up against the system and the man, and then we win, right? You know, there's nothing nothing quite as good as fucking uh, Mr. Anderson when he's interviewing Trump. (laughs) <laughs> and oh, basically oh, tells him like that's a child's excuse. So oh, I that haven't actually. Yet. Oh my God, Sam, it is so good. I've only been home for a few. I've been home. It's so great because he tells him like that's what five year olds say, and that's not viable for the president of the United States. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And delivered by the silver fox. It was just so sweet. It's like Donald Trump being taken down by a gay man is just kind of like yes. <laughs> Things are going right for once. Yay. Right? Yeah. I mean, for that brief moment in time. Okay, so sorry. JP, you were saying we're just going to start. Well. Or we have started. This is is much more entertaining than what I was going to (laughs) say. So, yeah. Look, we're just going to start, and then we're going to talk about shit. So, welcome to the show, everybody. Yay. Uh, this feels like a good place to start. Like, 
I don't know how much of what just happened I'll include. Maybe all of it, maybe some of it, maybe none of it. Wait, have you already started recording? Surprise. Did, yeah, I've been did recording I just butt into something minutes. horrible? I'm so sorry. No. You're <laughs> no, I was originally just going to say hi and then mute it so that I could You don't get things. to do that anymore. No, yeah, now you're in. You've Man. been into the conversation. <laughs> no Zumba for you, no, my friend. No, but I friend. have to work out, too. <laughs> no Zumba for you. Okay, no so. You. Oh, JP, uh, my SO Carlos says hello, by the way. Hello, Carlos. Carlos? Don't say yeah. don't say hi to him. Don't don't do that. <laughs> it just encourages his behavior. Yeah, he's oh. all pleasant and shit. God. <laughs> oh, he's a happy person. I hate those people. Oh, I know, right? Unrelenting um, okay. joy. It's, so, it's pretty terrible. Yeah. I probably will include everything we've done up to this point. So, <laughs> um, that that's that's a thing. But good luck, everybody. <laughs> Thanks, Doctor. Here's Nick. what I'm gonna. If, Here's what I'm going to say. We're not going to spend the next hour or however long this is talking about Batman versus Superman (laughs) because I feel like Sam and Roe probably already covered that. Well, that that might end up either being a bonus episode if we don't end up recording on Friday. Okay. All right. Well, and that's fine. Either way, there's going to be a Maniacal Geek episode that's going to cover it, and it's going to be... Probably a lot of bitching. Well, I, um, I also think James and I kind. I think James and I have kind of mellowed out a little bit from the first. Time. Like I'm not nearly like I was fresh that day. Like I had yeah. just <laughs> seen it and I was just and you were freshly froggy. upset. So I had vodka and anger <laughs> coursing through my veins. It's Rage amazing. Vodka. <laughs> like eventually, this episode, like that, that episode will come out at some point. Oh and, yeah, and and the listeners should definitely check it out. Probably over um, Emerald City weekend. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so here's what we're going to do, right? We're going to, I feel like, a better use of our time and a more mellow use of our time <laughs> is that we actually, it's actually been a pretty busy week for comic book fans, just in general. We have the return of our favorite TV shows. We had probably the most epic thing to ever happen in television um, happen like twice within two weeks of one another, which is we got the second season of Daredevil, and then we got to see Supergirl and Flash on screen. Um, and all of it, it w- there's this really like underlying thing that I think we've been building to in comic book fandom for a while, which is um, in the comic books, we, we complain that crossovers went too, went too far, Mm -hmm. but we've been begging for it in other media for a long time. And now we're getting it in spades. And it seems like the means for doing that is pit one superhero against another. Um, which isn't, unless you're Flash and Supergirl, which then it's all rainbows and unicorns for everybody involved. Greatest rainbows Uh, and unicorns ever. (laughs) So I I think the, a better, a better use or a better framework for our conversation is to talk about one, not only methodologies of how we write these characters and how we pit them against the, one another and the kind of the way 
a lot of these media forms are using two characters to kind of highlight each each other, but also to talk about ideology, because I think the the entirety of Daredevil, which is really the more compelling thing to, for me to talk about, mm-hmm. um, was really about ideology. Um, and it made for a yet a wonderful, interesting, dynamic 13 episodes of the best television not on television. <laughs> um, that I that I think makes for compelling stuff. So with that, I'll start the conversation with this. There, there's a lot of good meant good versus evil in both sensibility and ideology in Daredevil, Batman v Superman. I think we're going to get it a little little bit in Civil War, though, in a much more family friendly. Um, Esque environment. We get it a little bit with Slash and Green Arrow. Um, we also had an interesting, um, an interesting take with Vixen in a relatively recent episode that I don't think we've talked about. Oh, yeah. um, so I'll just start there and uh, and go ahead and say, what do you guys think of that? What do you think of this kind of storytelling? Do you think it's effective or is it too much? Where where do you feel like we are at this point in this kind of like everyone is doing this now, Sam? Um, I think because I don't know, like with the whole like the hype surrounding Batman versus Superman, I think it really kind of pushed those um, fights between superheroes to the forefront a lot more. Um, I mean, even though we knew Civil War was coming up, there's this I I get kind of tired of this idea that heroes have to fight each other when they uh, first meet because that really doesn't make any sense to me. Um, because even, I mean, I know that's more of a Marvel thing to do as well because their heroes were born out of like, Oh, we're all kind of, you know, uh, assholes in our own way. Uh, no one's a, a, a saint or anything like that, but, uh, Cyclops. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Saint Scott. Saint Scott. <laughs> Saint Scotius. Uh, <laughs> But uh, there, there's something to be said for, like, it, it seems to be like, well, what if this person fought this person? I, I mean, I guess, but what's the circumstances? And if the circumstances keep becoming flimsier and flimsier, then maybe that's not a good idea anymore. Like, when you have to drum up the most contrived reasons for people to fight each other just to get to the point where they suddenly don't want to fight each other because, oh, my God, we're both heroes. Oh, this is quite a misunderstanding. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. I, I don't know, that just feels tedious, and you're mostly just trying to sell whatever you're selling, which is, quite frankly, the comic books do that all the time. I mean, what, um, the New 52 in the Justice League comic, the, the the flagship book, the first thing all they're doing, fighting each other, because Justice League. Um, so I think we're we're getting to the point where, well, not even getting to the point, but we've gotten to the point where when we watch, like, Supergirl and The Flash meet up and they don't immediately punch each other, we're suddenly like, oh, my God, that is refreshing. Is it not? <laughs> so that's my take on it. Well, and if, if that's – they actually find a way for The Flash to save Supergirl, which I thought, mm, okay, I would have liked it to have gone the other way. But um, 
I thought that was cute. I do like though when she's on she's on fire on her chest and he's go he's gonna try and put, like pat it out. He's like, nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> it was just such a very thing to do. Right. Yeah. Like uh, I. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> like man. I want to help you, but oh, this is sexual harassment. Tiff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's your take? Are you sick of it? Do you, you know, like it? Um, I think that it can work, but I really do agree that it has been overused. Um, I I literally just watched the episode of where Punisher and Daredevil meet up and how that went down, and. Eh, I mean, I get it. I really do. And I thought that in that specific area, the show used it to highlight different ways that superheroes operate. So you had, you know, Paragon, for lack of a better term, in that world versus, you know, Rogue, I suppose, with with Punisher. And I really did enjoy the fact that they had the dichotomy there and they established that both are trying to do the right thing but in vastly different ways. So in this instance, I can, I can see it totally working. But on the overall, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit done seeing, I see you also have powers. Let us fight. Well, and I think, um, so obviously this is spoiler-filled, folks. Sorry. <laughs> um, but I think if there's, there's some conversation we can have a little bit about how that story plays out with the inclusion of Elektra mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how Daredevil has to reconcile his feelings both about Frank and Elektra to be in love with Elektra. That makes for that, for me, makes that a little more compelling. So I, I think there's a little bit, there's there's a a bit of Daredevil that is, like math, you have to kind of build on each lesson, right? Yeah. So, um, well, even how they they push Matt to like the brink where when he eventually like tries to he he basically says tells Frank like maybe your way is better, you know maybe maybe right now it's it's better that we do this. And he does the whole cross thing. I mean, I I do like how they play up the Catholicism of Daredevil, but not in a preachy way. Like it's. It's very well done and handled in a way where you understand how his faith factors into, you know, his guilt, like how he feels about his own immortal soul in a lot of ways. And that crossing over to Frank's side is such a big deal. So when he suggests it, even Frank is like, no, you you don't want to do that. You don't want to be like me. And I I really love how they give Punisher that kind of um, pathos uh, towards the end of the series. It's it's I think it's really well done. I even liked the priest character when you're talking about how they factor in Daredevil's Catholicism to the series. Mm-hmm. Um, I am I am very firmly an atheist. I don't typically like a whole bunch of, you know, touched by an angel style moments. And so <laughs> it's really interesting to see a character who is so firmly religiously dogmatic, but not in a way that's unrelatable for an atheist audience member. Yeah, there's there's a sensibility to that exchange where Matt almost comes across a little whiny mm-hmm. and almost. like self defeating. <laughs> yeah, um, and the priest is like, mm, "But dude, <laughs> did you really do anything wrong? Because no, the- it seems like you're just if you feel guilty." 
then you're just not trying hard enough. Do you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. well, I mean, think about how many different confessions that priest hears on a daily basis about six million bullshit things. And then he he's got somebody whining and crying at a funeral for, you know, somebody that he just memorialized. I I thought that was a really interesting and humanistic moment for the priest um, without being just a total dick about it. He he very realistically gave spiritual yet humanistic advice uh, from a point that I could relate to. And you're right. He Matt did come across as kind of a whiny little bitch and the priest very in a priestly lovingly way without getting weird went, dude, shut up. <laughs> right. No, throughout the series, like sanctimonious Matt is like the worst version of Matt. It's just kind of like, <laughs> dude, figure it out already. It's like the whole martyr complex. I mean, they do a but good I'm job. Conflicted. Oh, I mean, just when he's sitting up on the roof and he's all just like, I have to protect them from a distance. Like, oh, oh you hear yourself. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, no, but I think. I think that's why this season worked because mm-hmm. a lot of the reviews that I've read, you know, and Ro, you're, you're going to get your turn. I promise. That's um, a lot of the reviews I've read about it, the biggest complaint is, yeah, it was good, but season one was so much better. And really? I, and the, I think a lot of that is because people are missing um, Wilson Fisk, right? They're missing, oh, cool. he, they're missing, D'Onofrio's presence in in the show, um, which even though he's only in like four episodes, we get such good character development there. Oh my gosh, such good episodes. <laughs> um, so, but I think what's interesting for me about this is the first season was always about Matt. What kind of hero are you going to be? Right? Mm-hmm. It, are you going to be the kind of hero that takes it to that Punisher esque? point of I'm going to end this and you're not going to come back see I feel like in this episode he's or this season he's pretty much figured out that's who he is there's it's not like Arrow where it's like oh you got to come into the light and you got to be a different character no I know who I am this is who I am and this is what it is but at the same time there's consequences for even that decision right Mm -hmm. And I have to now reconcile this with the fact that the woman I love most in the world, though they kind of try to keep it ambiguous with Karen, it's just not true. He loves Electra more, folks. Um, I really can't stand Karen. I'm, you know, this is like, uh. I was really well, angry when they ended up having a Matt and Karen kiss. I was like, no, but you are so obviously one true pairing with Foggy. What are you doing right now? <laughs> well, and the, I think Karen was ship. overused. I mean, she literally got kidnapped or held hostage or put in a gunfight like seven times mm-hmm. in 24 hours. So the last kidnapping, like in the in the final episode, was just kind of like, when did they pick her up? Like she just left the office and suddenly she's in the bus. Like it, that that's where certain things started to kind of like if she I was going to kidnap us. Duh. Huh? She takes a kidnap <laughs> bus. That's oh, where you go to get kidnapped. Oh, well, I no one explained that one to me. I wasn't aware of Kidnap Us. I mean, you're welcome. <laughs> Thanks, Chip. Now I know. Kidnap Us. Like this weekend, I'm going on the Kidnap Us. That's what I do. <laughs> just my thing. This week on Kidnap Us. People are kidnapped. You get kidnapped. kidnapped, but it's free booze. And I'm going to podcast sure about it. probably It'll going be like, to be I a reality TV show of that now. <laughs> it's you a do, Roman. 
I drank scotch on the kidnap bus. <laughs> <laughs> New episodes of Kidnap Bus every Friday. <laughs> God. Oh, I want to start that show. Uh-huh. All I'm saying is that I there was like no actual kidnapping. It's just oh, there's a bus of people, and hey, guess what? Karen's on that because of course she is. <laughs> <laughs> we have we have to get her to the finale somehow, and, and kidnapping, kidnapping her is probably the best thing. She doesn't sleep. She just gets kidnapped. Yeah, that's all, that's all she does. I think she just Where hopes someone tries to knock her out so she can get some sleep. And I swear. She would be she's been shot at more times than any human being should ever dare to be shot at. And she never, ever gets shot like Foggy's in one like firefight. He immediately gets shot. He is down. Yeah. Well, that's what happens but when Karen fly. You get shot. What? <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. You get shot and fall. Oh, this is the first. Like, OK, first kidnap us. And now I will get shot if bullets are flying at me? My God. Unless your name is Karen. Oh, okay. Unless your name is Karen. But then Damn you don't it. want to be Karen because there's always a Karen. <laughs> I don't think Karen Cross sounds all that great. No. So anyway, That's like carrying my... a cross, and we just don't want to do that. You're already Catholic enough. <laughs> and by that, you mean I'm not that Catholic at all. <laughs> yes, I do! I don't know how to follow that up, bro. <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. It's a good segue. It's, a good segue. it's what I do. Um, he does a segue. So, so coming coming back uh, to the core question of how I feel about these things. Yeah, James, uh, we don't have enough time for your feelings. We have to go. Um. Oh, fuck! <laughs> All right. Nonsense. Goodbye. Let me chug my scotch and give it to you. Um, so, uh, so, so it's one of those where, I mean, so my problem is, unfortunately, um, I have yet to watch uh, any of the season. Oh, are you spoilers? Oh, it's fine. I'm, I'm not. I'm not upset. I'm not even remotely upset um, because none of it makes sense. So it'll be one of those where, like, I'm watching and I have no idea what's happening, and then one of these things you've talked about will happen, and I'll go, "Oh, <laughs> makes sense now. Got it. Okay." They're like, um, oh, "It's fine." Because like, yeah. uh, that, that, like, I'm just not smart enough to put shit together very well. That's really what it breaks down to. Um, so, so, but I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I mean, that that I don't know. It, it's hard for me to say because it. I guess it depends on the medium sometimes. Because this isn't a new like it's a new thing in this form of media in terms of television and movies. Like suddenly, it's become this big thing with um, the Arrow. Um, where they've done, you know, the Arrow even did it, where they did the crossover episode with, you know, Barry kind of new to his powers and, you know, um, and, and Ollie, who's like, I was on an island for five years and just murdered things. <laughs> I can beat you. And, you know, the inexperience versus the experience and then just shooting him with arrows, which was hilarious. It was. It was legitimately funny. Um, but simultaneously, it was that, that brief moment of, like, hero versus hero, like, the inexperience versus the experience and the difference. And a big part of that, I, on so many levels, is the fact that, like, we as fans, in terms of, because comics have been doing this for decades. Like, this is not a new concept for the concept, uh, for the comic world. And, and it's very much, and for, for the comic world, it's very much a, 
fantasy what if. Like, it's never part of canon, um, or, or rarely part of canon. And when it is part of canon, it's something crazy like fucking Civil War. Um, or, Mind or, control seemed to be a big one. Or, yeah, you know, like, so, so, right. So it's one of those where, in the comic world, it's fairly common. And, and so I think they are going to burn it out through this form of medium, because those, at least for comic fans, because comic fans are already used to seeing it through written medium, and then simultaneously they're seeing it in visual medium, um, and then they're also experiencing it through this thing we call the internet and Reddit, and people (laughs) talking about it constantly, and writing fan fiction, and oh my god, and my brain is going to explode because you people need to get lives kind of medium um, at that level. From what I've seen as far as, like, BVS, without me going on a diatribe, hopefully, um, <laughs> from from that perspective, I mean, for me, being the infinite Batman fan I am, because that's what I am, um, like, Batman's my boy, Justice and Fists are the thing I desire the most <laughs> from this character, uh, and... Justice Fists! Justice Fists! Justice <laughs> um, And so... It's one of those where, like, I was super excited. Like, I talked about this with my buddy Paul this morning, or today, where I was just like, if they had kept it at the first preview and kept me intrigued by the idea of just Batman versus Superman, I was stoked. I was sold on it. Like, I immediately, the fanboy in me was just like, oh, my God, the fight of the century, the thing we've been waiting for for so long. It's going to be in a movie, and Batman's going to kick his ass, and it's going to be awesome. (laughs) <laughs> and and then they reviewed, released more previews that showed me that's not what I'm going to get. And I was immediately furious over it um, because that's all I wanted. Like, I wanted the title. Um, <laughs> I wanted the title. I wanted it. No, and you do so, not get the title fight. You have to watch six lead-up fights and then have blue balls for three if, years. If this was going to be the WWE, I would just sign up for that subscription. I don't need this. Um <laughs> So it's one of those where, where, like, again, like, I was looking forward to it. Um, without having seen Daredevil, just the premise of the fact that, like, I guess, like, you know, the Punisher is the, the so-called, like, from what I've gotten, and, and I may be wrong or right on this, it, him being the so-called villain of the season, so to speak, which is interesting. Like, that was kind of the generalization when they first announced it. Um, for me, because... I'm not a rabid Punisher fan, but the Punisher, again, is kind of one of those characters, much like Daredevil, or not Daredevil, sorry, I can't even believe I compared these two. How Deadpool. God, man. Um, Deadpool's so different from, from Daredevil. Um, but these are, these are both anti-heroes. Like, they're not, they're not really on the side of good. They're not really on the side of necessary evil. It's their methods that are always questionable. Um, like, they may have pure intentions, but what they're doing is questionable. And so when you pit somebody like that, for me, against a hero who is supposed to be, uh, as, as Tiff said, that paragon, if you will, um, I find that kind of story really interesting because it's it's the intrigue of like, okay, so what like douchey heroic thing is this guy going to say? <laughs> and then how is this guy who's just like, you're a fucking idiot and you're naive and this is the world I see. Um, like, how is that interaction going to happen? How are they going to clash? How are they going to ever, like, how are they ever going to come to a mutual agreement 
in terms of like, is it going to be just like, I'll stay out of your, like you do your hero thing, buddy. And you stay out of my way. And I'm just going to go shoot the bad people in the face. So they never do bad things again. And you stay out of my way and we're going to be great. Like, is it going to be that? Or is there going to be a real like battle of, 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 sociological wit so so to speak on like who is really in the right is putting somebody in critical condition the good thing to do or is just ending them the good thing to do like who knows and you see that's what batman versus superman should have been like the 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 core of those two characters like ultimately batman and superman are two sides of the same coin they just have different method uh, methodologies and they uh ideologically just come from different places the goal is ultimately the same and the problem is that Man of Steel did not set up anything for Clark to actually have an ideological difference from Batman, except that he isn't as brutal at murder, I right. guess. Yeah, the murderverse was strong well, with the entire thing, so there was well, no dichotomy, it was just all murder all the time. Well, yeah. and that is the and one thing murder I, for, do, bro. <laughs> yeah. I do think, <laughs> I do think that... We do need we do need more to balance out like that. That's what we need right now. I feel is we do need to balance because we are seeing a lot of of just the hero versus hero without a lot of real reason. Like I mean, civil war is happening, and and after the bad taste that was left in my mouth from BBS, I'm really looking forward to civil war. Whereas before, I was kind of iffy on it, and I was just like, I don't know. Like, is this just going to be a Bucky Barnes story? And I don't know. Well, I mean, even at, then would be so um, But even now, like I'm like, you know what? Even if it is a Bucky Barnes story. I feel like that might be better than anything that this just offered me. But, uh, you know, aside from that, like journey that they took with that, because right. Yes. Like, we had a build up to gonna... get there, like not just like, yeah. guess what? Well, these two fucking heroes, they're fighting each other to save a friend <laughs> and just like dropped us into that world. And we're like, I don't know why that's happening. I, I really like him and I really like him, but I don't understand. Like, things like don't I don't even sense. know who that guy is. Why is that guy there? God damn it. Right. He's got a metal arm. He seems cool. I don't. Why? Um, <laughs> so it's one of those where, where we do, I think we need to, we need to start seeing the scales balance out though because we are seeing a lot of that like civil war uh is kind of i think that's going to be the peak in terms of the movie verse right now as far as a hero versus hero what we're seeing there but we're going to continue seeing it uh probably in shows like arrow because oliver is oliver um (laughs) and 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 that's the thing is like there there is a different dichotomy in in how those different universes between uh even though they're in the same universe but different characters with like the flash and arrow in terms of how they handle things like the flash while like this season has had a lot more like kind of serious undertones um but again there's these like really great light moments like there's actual like resolution of feelings whereas in like the arrow universe it's we're going to watch Oliver just say stupid shit <laughs> over and over again and like the same stupid shit like not something new like not like oh I'm going to go buy a unicorn. Like, he doesn't say that. Like, no, he fucking goes on, you know, the diatribe of like, you know, like, I want to love you. And then she's like, but I can't, like, I love you too. And it's like, well, that makes sense. You guys love each other, but I can't quit you. And it's Uh. like, what, what is happening? What, like you, none of this in writing makes sense. So I think we do need to start seeing a balance though, where we see more things, um, like the Flash Supergirl crossover, which I also haven't seen because I fucking suck at life right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do need to see more 
uh, of that balance of like heroes teaming up as well as hero versus heroes because heroes teaming up makes perfect sense and it's enjoyable. It's enlightening. Um, it's fun. And those are the things that we do need because that's ultimately when we get to the core of it, what comics should be, they should be fun. And if we're going to do comics in a media form, they should also be fun. That's the way it kind of needs to go. There are, there is the, the extent of seriousness that is necessary, but fun, like we need that. And, and the, the hero versus hero thing is really just like, what if, and that's okay. And we need that too, but only on occasion. Well, and it, it, I think the main, I think the important thing is there has to be purpose to it. Mm-hmm. Your 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 comments about building up to Civil War and there being purpose to it, it's not just that we've built up to it as in we've gotten to know these characters and we know about Bucky and all these things. It's also that there's been this underlying tension between Cap and and um, Iron Man and Tony since since really the, the beginning of their relationship. And it's just the logical progression of Tony's sort of erratic behavior and Cap's slow disillusionment with the government that he's sworn to serve, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's... It, it's It not only does it make sense for their relationship, but it makes sense for their characters as individuals. And I think... When you do it that way, it really, really works. My my take on all of this is when there's purpose to kind of demonstrate the importance of character progression, I'm totally okay with it. You get – so you have Punisher who is a true anti-hero. There are times when he's literally beating chunks of people's face off that you, there's just no part of you that's like, that's a good guy. But then there are moments where he's really like explaining, listen, I am a necessary piece of all of this. If I don't exist, these people just keep doing bad things. Well, and he also um, explained something in the episode that I saw, which I really appreciated and is kind of an unsaid thing in in comic book world and movies of if you kill someone then they're just not a problem anymore they don't keep murdering they don't keep raping they're just dead and then you don't have to worry about it (laughs) and it opens up that question of how do we define heroism because there are the true Mm anti-heroes And let's face it, we get Loki mentioned so often. Oh. He's going to come. I know it's going to happen. Um, <laughs> we, But we get two true antiheroes, and then we get vigilantes, right? Right. Daredevil is like the best version of Batman around right now. <laughs> um, and then we have superheroes. And I think part of my problem with BVS is – and really – my only real problem with BVS and Man of Steel is that Superman is not a superhero. Yeah. Superman is a vigilante. Yeah. He is a, a super-powered alien vigilante who is confused about why he does what he does, has no real sense of purpose or moral compass, and every time... Martha Kent was on screen in that movie. 
I wanted to dig my eyes out. <laughs> um, because it was so wrong because even his, even his, the actual people who were supposed to be his moral compass are not very good moral compasses. So, um, there's magnets compass around. Um, so it ends up being that there, it doesn't make sense for the character or I can't reconcile it. Now, having said that in the theater, while I was watching the movie twice, the audience clapped. Really? I don't give them credit for the second time. The second time was just when the movie ended. Mm. (laughs) Um, so I'm not quite sure if that's because they liked the movie or because it ended. Um, It was absolutely silent in the theater I was at, so. It was full of judgment. Mm. But the second, but the first time they clapped and the one that I legitimately believed in because I feel like probably the one part I really enjoyed about BVS was when Wonder Woman like whips out badass them mm-hmm. and just starts going to town on like cutting up um, Doomsday. Doomsday. And so it was, it was really, it was really well what was interesting is that it was the first time Batman gets some character progression, but it was the first time in the movie I felt like character progression happened naturally. Um, and th- it really felt good. It felt right. That moment hit on a lot of positives. It's one of the moments in the movie I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I can enjoy this. Um, and in And in Daredevil, it works because... You have the Punisher, he is forcing, Daredevil has made this decision, this is the hero I'm going to be, I'm going to be this vigilante, but I'm not going to take it over that line. And Punisher's like, okay, well then there's going to have to be people like me who do. And then Elektra shows up and is like, okay, well, what if the people you believe in what if the people you love and care about are willing to go to that place? And I like that they did it with um, Electra and they didn't go that place with Karen because I was afraid about halfway through the season that's where they were going to go with it. <laughs> um, and they didn't. And I was glad that didn't happen. Well, she so was on I'm the sure kidnap bus. It's fine. That's right. Damn um, you, kidnap us. Kidnap us. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we we forget that you know, Guardians of the Galaxy started with them all fighting one another. It didn't last long, but it's how it happened. I, if you go and watch the CW Seed animated introduction of Vixen, um, again, it made sense. They kind of battle for like five minutes, but of course, Barry's like, "This is awesome! She, her powers are awesome." But that's the uh, that's the difference, though, because if even if you go back to the Avengers, the fight. Between you know Thor, Iron Man, and and Cap only only lasts for like what two three minutes tops, mm-hmm. and and it's it's you know you understand why it's happening. I mean it's all because you know Loki is is doing his business, um, but but that's it. It's over. But so, you, you huh? So dirty. He's doing his business. Right. What so, is right there you go. Well, I mean, uh, it's Loki. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but you understand why the fight has occurred, and it ends almost as soon as it begins, pretty much. I mean, you get a few quips in. You figure out, oh, Cap's shield and Thor's hammer, that could be useful later on. You know, that kind of thing. Whereas it, uh, in, like, Batman versus Superman, I mean, it's all building up to a fight that lasts for ten minutes, and it takes you two hours to get there. <laughs> You're just like... 
this is a lot of build-up for a lot of nothing. I mean, really, in the in the grander scheme of this movie, that fight really doesn't factor into anything. It's just ooh, they need to fight each other, and then resolution. <laughs> so it's Fifty Shades of Grey, but in capes. no i i just watched the movie sins for that movie not too long ago and the main complaint that the guy was saying was like man we are an hour and 20 minutes into this and still none of the promised kinky sex yeah and it just kind of seems to be the same deal here where it's like well we're almost done with the movie i wonder when they're going to fight yeah that would have been i mean it's I, i know that they were like trying to you know, build the movie as like, oh my god, the ultimate showdown. But it's like, the ultimate showdown is kind of, I mean, it's like, eh, at the end. And then how it resolves is is just not good. It's just... But that's not... But but let's, let's be clear. BVS was not about Zack Snyder wanting to pit Batman versus Superman. I think part of it was that. Yeah. BVS <laughs> is Zack Snyder saying, how many stories can I fit in two and a half hours? A lot. Sort it's of. like, Okay, 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 guys, guys. So this is the comment I said right after the thing. This is this is how I envision snacks Zack Snyder like going through this movie. He's like, okay, all right, okay, you guys got it. Okay, <laughs> these are all my graphic novels. I bet you, I can get all of them in one film. Zach. Oh, you're so right. Okay, so. And then Glare's so like, follow yeah, me let's on this. do it. Follow me this on this. <laughs> we can do, this is a dream sequence. This is a flashback. This is a, um, as Flash just showing up. <laughs> follow me. Follow me. Wait, don't go anywhere. And then we fucking end with Death of Superman. What? Most unorthodox. No one has gotten that many stories into one movie. Boulder dash and damnations. I'm just picturing no. going storyboard to storyboard and just like pointing at a whole bunch of childish squiggles and going, yeah, and then this happens, and then this. It's like hearing a six-year-old explain their dream. You don't care, no, you... and you just have to listen because it's a child, and you can't tell it to shut up. Well, you can, but then people will be mad at you. Well, and that's <laughs> you... why I so much told people, like, for me, the like, here's the problem. For me, in terms of... um like the love hate relationship, like, cause there are aspects, there are aspects of BBS. I really love. And then there's other aspects that I really hate. Mm. And then most of all, I hate Zack Snyder. Um, <laughs> and, and like I, somebody posted this, not that uh, on, on the goddamn Batman, cause they posted up the, the petition that's going around um, to remove Zack Snyder, like asking Warner brothers to remove Zack Snyder as the, as the director for uh, There's like justice. two of those uh, petitions actually. Right. This is the one through change.org. So mm. it's serious. Um, so legit. <laughs> it's one of it's those like Kickstarter. Where, where I'm like, so here's the problem. And like a number of people posted and they're like, Oh yeah. Like you made the Watchmen. Critics hated it. It was an amazing movie. Uh, he made 300 critics hated it. It was an amazing movie. Here's the thing again, as fans and as critics and as people, we like what we like. We don't like what we don't like. And it's all fucking okay. Like it's all opinions. None of us are right or wrong. Like we're not quintessentially saying at any point in time that our opinion of Zack Snyder means that Zack Snyder is in fact, Absolutely a tool who should not be working on any of these movies. 
We think that. We're not saying that he is that person. Why? None of us have met him. I don't know Zack Snyder. I don't know if he's actually, like, just a complete shitbag. I imagine my interaction with him might not be amazing. Um, but I don't know for certain that that's the case. Like, James, you know, this is Zack Snyder. You just punch him in the face and run away. Right, like, I, no. I wouldn't even punch him in the face. I would throat punch him in the middle of him saying hello so I could listen to him choke on the words. <laughs> um, and then, like, walk away. Um, or run I imagine in this case. Zack Snyder probably probably is that, detail. like... <laughs> I imagine Zack Snyder is that 15-year-old kid in the comic book store that just keeps talking. Yep. And it, the more he's talking, the less you understand why he's talking. And the more he's talking. And just eventually, him. at some point, you just pick something up and are like, if I hit him in the temple, you think <laughs> he'll just pass out? <laughs> right. no, no, wait, I saw this where... in a movie one time. It totally worked. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, like, at the end of the day, and, like, I posted this on Facebook right after I saw the movie, and it still stands as, as a viable uh, saying from me, which was, uh, Zack Snyder has a lot of great ideas. I don't agree with most of them. Hmm. Um, and and that's just, and that's me simultaneously saying I think he's a tool, um, but I'm sure other people think he has great ideas, and that's fine. Um, did I enjoy 300? Yeah, I absolutely did. I really like 300 as a movie. I like imagining myself <clears throat> as King Leonidas boot fucking kicking people into a hole, like. I love that idea. That's my fantasy. Yep. I'm into it. Sure. You know, I, I, I like the visual can't. effects. What? There's the riff tracks where it's like one dude just falls in. No one pushed him. He's like, I didn't even get kicked in. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's one of those where like, I'm one of those people where, yeah, even it's a visual aesthetic. I love the movie. Like I thought it like had these really great visual tones that felt very graphic novel-y and stuff like that, like very similar to like Sin City. And I really enjoyed a lot of those aspects. I like the movie. Didn't try and be anything besides abs in loincloths and Sparta kicks. Well, right, like, and that's it the had thing no is no like, pretensions even if about what it like fucking it, was. I don't remember Zack Snyder coming it to its defense as like some giant gatekeeper of the knowledge of this movie. At any point, like, he openly admitted, like, this is not a historical movie. This is not well, what happened. A, that was before. That was when he was operating on smaller budgets, and, you know, he still had to answer to somebody. Right, right. Um, and so, he just like, got yeah, Lucas sure. syndrome. I like that movie. Nobody, um, nobody kept telling him no, and he <laughs> right. kept doing progressively more and more awful things. And I'm really wondering when we're going to hit Jar Jar Binks territory versus the murderverse. We'll get Because we'll it's going to happen. We'll get there. Um <sighs> And it'll probably be the Wonder Twins. Um, God damn so, it. <laughs> form of a shit bag. I <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, can't even continue my thought. Um, so it's one of those. In the form of a giant douche. <laughs> uh, so it's one of those where, uh, and, and even to the extent of the Watchmen, I love the Watchmen. Like it's a, it, it's a good movie. Like, are there certain things that, yeah, like any movie could have been done way better. Yeah, absolutely. But for the amount of content that he had to work with, that he decided to take away to make a movie from, I thought it was fucking great. Like, I thought the representation of Rorschach was great because when I watch The Watchmen, do I think it's a story about The Watchmen? No. I think it's a story about Rorschach and how he interacts with the Watchmen and thinks they're all a bunch of fucking idiots. 
and I love it. Like, I'm like, this guy knows what's going on. Um, so, again, there's, like, I'm not saying Zack Snyder's a terrible person. All he makes is shit. Shit and sadness. I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> he has the opportunity. He has the cleverness. It's there in his fucking brain. We've seen it here and there. We've seen sparks of it. Even in BDS, we saw sparks of it. In Man of Steel, we saw sparks of it. And it's a thing that's out there. And that's the thing. He's not the only director who has this issue. Don't get me wrong. I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. I love basically everything Kevin Smith fucking makes. But I'm also willing to admit that a lot of it does fall short on a lot of different, like, ideals and things. He makes the movies he wants to make. But there's these movies you watch when you watch Tusk. The right (laughs) idea was there. The execution was horrid. Um, as far as what we saw, like, it, like, again, there's these sparks of creative genius that are out there, but they just fall short sometimes. And, and that's just, it's shitty. I hate it. I hate it. You, and you I don't want wonder, it. Like what happened? Like, cause he started making a lot of those movies once he started actually smoking weed. So it's kind of like, did smoking weed actually, <laughs> did it inhibit you? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like we think oh. weed is it's an inhibitor <laughs> like i, I would have thought because the beatles produced a lot of albums while high all the time so <laughs> but that also wasn't react- just weed so yeah yeah like maybe he needs um, to like sprinkle a little acid in there maybe yeah. honestly yeah but then you get sergeant pepper's lonely heart so i mean be prepared for what that looks like through the lens of kevin smith um then that becomes some kind of a remake of charlie and the chocolate factory <laughs> I am not ready for that. I have not taken enough drugs in my entire life to be ready for that version of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Well, Tiff, like, you better get uh, on that bandwagon right now. That drug might be, I'm just saying, actually. <laughs> I that want... might actually be pretty amazing. So here's my thing, right? I think you're right. I think I'm – so I'm – I don't hate Zack Snyder. My, my, if someone were to ask me my feelings on Zack Snyder, I would say – he makes guy porn without any of the actual porn. Um, ah, three hundred. Is it was pornish? Watchmen. <laughs> pornish. Yeah, there was an eight minute really uncomfortable sex scene with a fire breathing owl ship. Yeah, that was real. Like the it says something when the when the comic book actually did it more tastefully than the movie. <laughs> yeah. You know, but even I was not that. Prepared for that. I. All the women he puts in his porn are really hot. So, oh well, but anyway. So I look. So he makes he makes like you know visual and sometimes actual porn, and <laughs> um, and he's not sponsored, Michael Bay. Sponsored so, by Brad, you know, aren't they? That that's 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 always a positive, right? He's <laughs> not Michael Bay. But my problem is, and I think this is the problem that everyone on this podcast has with most of the people that we don't like in general, is I don't really have a problem with you having an opinion. I, I, everyone should have an opinion. Have an opinion. Just don't make me have to have your opinion. Right. My problem with BVS is not that Zack Snyder came out and said hey i'm a fan this is the story i wanted to tell i appreciate that not everyone's gonna like it it is because he came out and said hey 
I'm a fan, and you asshats don't really understand the story. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, and and that is that's that that's that it's that whole gatekeeper mentality. Um, yep. The defensiveness that, is insulting. It's the because yeah, well, even when Marvel gets criticized for for the things that they do. There's it always seems like it's less defensive when they come out and they talk about it at least. I mean, there's the ongoing issue. No, James Gunn will openly tell you, "Look, I I pulled from the source material, but this is just kind of my thing. Yeah. These are the kind of movies I make and these are the characters I had to make it with and so it it worked." Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Well, I mean, if they got Chris Pratt, I'm on board. So, <laughs> well, and it comes it comes back it comes back to like something I I went on a giant diatribe on my Facebook about because I was just I would, I would, I got so sick of of just when when people are like I and I wish there was a great way to to help under people understand this. So when we all take up the mantle of critic reviewer and we write a review um on paper or on a website, or we do a podcast and we express our critique, our review. Again, it's personal opinion. We're not saying this is law, like this is what this movie is. We're not saying that, and that's how people take it. And then the simultaneously problem is those people who then bitch about our review make themselves giant hypocrites as soon as they do that, because guess what you're doing? You're critiquing our critique, of what we Which just is just said. a lazy asshole's way of doing something, right? Like, and so at the end of the day, like it, it's the same. It's the same thing as what applies with like how Zack Snyder reacts to, um, and I will say this: the nerd community um, mm-hmm. overall about how we feel about these characters. Because, like, I I saw something that was fantastic, and it was probably the best thing I've ever seen. And I'm so glad that in the documentary, a DC exec said this. It was perfect, and the fact that it came from an exec makes it even better, because it was actually um, the uh, it's it's on Hulu, I believe, and it's a uh, it, it's about um, this guy who made a fan flick called Batman Dead End. Um, the guy's name is Sammy Calera, and at the time he made the movie, it was 2003, and it's an eight minute short. Um, it's nothing amazing. It's not like the best fucking thing you've ever seen in your life. Or maybe it is, if that's <laughs> how you feel about it. Um, but the guy really wanted to make, like, he wanted, like, his big thing is I wanted to make movies. That's what I wanted to make. And so I made this thing about Batman that I really liked. And I took from uh, versions of the, the, the particular artists and renditions and versions of Batman I like. Um, which paid a lot of tribute, actually, to a lot of the artists and writers and stuff who worked with, like, Batman the Animated Series. Um, which I'm all about. I was just like, I love that Batman. That's one of the versions of Batman I love the most. And so when he is like in this, the DC exec they talked to, and I don't remember what his name was, but at the time he was just like, fans know Batman. Fans know Batman better than any of us know Batman. Um, And as soon as studio executives get involved, everything's lost. We don't know shit about these characters, and that's where you end up with what character with, with what people don't want. And I was just like, "Thank you!" Like it's so finally about time. Like a DC executive said that. Like the fans know these characters better than anybody, 
And that's the thing is we all have different versions of these fans. And the fact that Snyder is so adamant that he knows better than the rest of us is what makes it makes it so hard to want to like anything he does because it, it, it now now that he said since Man of Steel I know better than all of you it makes all of his movies feel to me like he's just shoving something I might not want down my throat and I'm mm. not right. okay with that well and that gets yep. progressively worse the further away you are from a white cisgender heterosexual male like it and it's not to say that you can't have that opinion of of being like, well, you're just gatekeeping and being awful. Because he is. But imagine how much worse that kind of is for people in, like, Sam and my position, where simply because of how we are perceived as being, like, being read as female in my case, because I'm gender fluid, I am not actually female. So I am read as female. And everybody says, well, wait. So you like comic books? You like superhero movies? Yeah. I do, mm-hmm. but the conversation never ends there. It's never, <laughs> unless it's somebody I'm already friends with, it doesn't go into, oh, well, who do you like? And all, all of this kind of excited, you know, and bantery kind of interaction that I love so much when I talk with people that I'm actually already friends with. It, it then goes into this weird little surprise pop quiz about, well, what do you know about these characters? How long have you been reading comic books? What comic books have you read? What happened on page three of section 54? <laughs> like, I don't give a single flying fuck what happened on that page, and how dare you question my fandom? <laughs> I could know a shit ton about it, or I could know very little, but there is no reason for that kind of gatekeeping, and to see it coming out of a content creator like Zack Snyder is insulting and infuriating. Well, and you know, I think it is. it goes back to my original comment about him being the 15-year-old boy in the comic book store, Early. because it, it really is like this, it's, it, it is an underlying tone to nerd culture that I, for one, would like to think that I've moved past, but I, I'm sure I do it too, which is we all have this need to be like in this perpetual dick measuring contest <laughs> because we were, we were, you know, so put down and picked on and, and whatever for so long sure. that we feel this perpetual need to like prove that we're cool. Right. Right. No, I get that. And the reality is we are cool. The time we have is now. fucking arrived. <laughs> right. Like We're to some cool extent. Right. We're the cool kids. <laughs> like my 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 eight year old is like Mom, they didn't call me a nerd today. Oh and like, I'm like Wait, sweet. Don't, don't give him that. You, don't give him you, that. <laughs> you you want to be called the nerd? Yeah, I love being a nerd. Right. Like it is it we it it's not it's not it's not what it was twenty, thirty years ago. No, yeah. It's we're we're not competing anymore. As a matter of fact societally we're more and more questioning athletes and we're more and more questioning the the things that we kind of all felt were celebrated when we were kids. And it and we've arrived. So I think what's the most disappointing about what's going on in film and what's going on in politics and what's going on in, you know, 
so many of our pop culture and why I think the rest of the world continues to look at us and be like, really? (laughs) Is that we continue to put forth this like perpetual dick measuring contest when it's not who we are anymore. I don't, my friends aren't like this. The people I work with aren't like this. The people I podcast with aren't like this. It's, we are not this thing anymore. We don't, we're not, we don't feel competitive. As a matter of fact, the whole thing about the millennial population is that we're all kind of just like, la-di-da, you know, shit's cool. We're alive, man. We're not dead. Um, and that's okay. Like, that's a good thing. We need to celebrate that. And people like Zack Snyder need to do a little less like, my cock's the biggest, and a little more of like, hey, this is kind of my take. I hope you guys like it. Humility. And just, right. Mm. Right. I didn't. I didn't mean to make that so phallic. I apologize. No, no, no. It it truly is exactly what you're saying, though. It it definitely does feel like a dick measuring contest, metaphorically and sometimes literally, in in regards to how gendered and odd the competition is. Because you're right, nerd is now cool. It's it's a weird dichotomy for those of us who grew up being picked on for liking the things that we like. And it is that reactionary stance that we still have of, well, I was picked on for all of this, so you better goddamn prove that you know your shit and you weren't one of those people who picked on me or made fun of me. Well, and that's the thing. This is where it comes back to something like I I talked to, I think it was one of my sisters-in-law um, not too long ago. Uh, this was probably you know, maybe eight months ago um, about, so maybe a, maybe a while ago. I don't know. Um, I've had a few drinks. My Time is t- fluid and meaningless. At some Whatever. point in the recent or not so recent or possibly not recent <laughs> at all past. Well, and so she, Many timelines like, ago. Like her big thing was, was very much on that bridge of like, like I, like, like I love Sandman. I love nerd shit. And for somebody to play like they know nerd shit pisses me off. And I was like, okay, so here's the issue I have with that. And she goes, okay. And I go, doesn't that make us as bad as they were when we were in school with those kinds of people? Like it really does. Like, who are we to say you're not nerd enough? Who are we to say that you're just playing at this to get the good guy? Okay. So what they're, they're, they're playing at being a nerd because they want to meet a nice person and maybe build a relationship. And maybe that turns into something wonderful. Maybe that ends up them being an actual nerd and still meeting a great person in their life. Like, who cares? Like, if that's what it's going to be, that's what it's going to be. It's what nobody oh, yeah. else. What do they have? By the way, we didn't all, like, march out of the womb and watch Star Wars. Yeah. Right. That's not like, how that I mean, happened. Didn't. <laughs> and see, like, I have this weird dichotomy at work. Like, I'm one of those people, like, I am nerd. I am out and proud, and I wave my nerd flag high. I have no problem with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I've kind of always been that person. Like, I've never, at any point in time, even if people were putting me down for me, like, you're a fucking nerd, and be like, yeah, I am. So what? Like, y- you mad? Like, like <laughs> um, And it was one of those where, uh, like, and it's interesting, because there is a little bit of a gap in, in terms of the generation 
that is in the office I work in at work. Like I have my boss who is into like comic book movies and heroes and video games. Like he's, he's interested in those things, but he, you can see he still has this like weird level of shame about it because like, I'll be openly talking about it. And like the other day he's like, you're such a nerd. And I was just like, yeah, at least I'm not. And like, I told him straight up I, and like out loud to everybody. I was like, and I wear that flag proud and high, sir, because I'm not afraid to talk about it. So you deal with your issues. No, I, I, when, I was in, um, when I was in grad school, uh, cause I actually didn't, I didn't even start reading comics until I was probably like my junior, senior year of college. Uh, just because, you know, it wasn't really as available to me as it was when I was in Bellingham. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, when I was in grad school, there I, I was having a, a, a discussion with a friend of mine. We were talking about The Flash. I mean, a, a, you know, this is pre-show, pre-anything. Like, there had never been any talks about, you know, The Flash being like a movie or whatnot. And I was going through, you know, Golden Age, Silver Age, Bronze Age, Modern, Flash or whatever. This is on top of, you know, my classes on, you know, gender history in 1700 Europe and, you know, Chinese history from 420 to uh, 765, you know, that kind of stuff. (laughs) So I was telling her, like, this history of the Flash family, and she's just, like, looking at me like, "How, how do you keep all of that stuff in your head? Like, Eh. <laughs> I do. It's I forget my there. math. <laughs> yeah, I don't know math anymore. That's the that's the consequence, really. <laughs> you did that I, section. I have a very hard time balancing my checkbook. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, it, the 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 nerd stuff. Yeah, like I, I have a similar uh, story to you, James. Like I've I've kind of just been this way. Like I've I've rarely gone through. Um, periods in my life where I've had to be like, okay, now I have to reassess and decide who I'm going to be now. Cause I've always just been, you know, <laughs> you, you go through your ups and downs and everything you grow and whatnot. But in terms of my interests and my nerdiness, it's always kind of been there. I just I think for a long time, I didn't really have a word for it. I don't, I don't know. But, uh, but, but you get into this day and age now where it's like, you either have to wear it like a badge of honor out there and, and invite people to go like, well, you're clearly not a nerd enough. Like, are you? It's like, well, does, why does that matter to you? What What is it about me saying I'm a nerd that pisses you off or makes you think that I want you to talk to me about anything, really? I mean, you seem to think... Well, but, that, but that's the thing. I mean, it, like what Tiff was saying in terms of like how she and I have to deal with certain things in a different way. Uh, yeah. And especially being a nerd in this in this culture that still is holding on to a, a gatekeeping philosophy, like it's going out of style in certain corners. You know, you you get on there, and if you have any kind of opinion about anything, it doesn't even matter if it's right or wrong, the and or or what it's about. Someone is is bound to step in and be like, "Well, what do you really know about this? Or prove yourself? Or you you claim this? Blah 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 blah." we're in a constant state of having to be on the lookout for someone basically coming at us, you know, like we somehow got into the club, uh, you know, accidentally or something like that. You know, it's, it's this, uh, for women and especially for, you know, for people of color, it, it, or anyone who isn't white cisgendered, you know, male, uh, it's, it is essentially this constant battle just to say like, I deserve to be here. Right. So here's here's what I would say, yeah, and and I would 
So um, my take is always you can't control other people's stupid, right? No. You, you, you can't control other people's stupid, but you can always control how you respond to other people's stupid. The thing, the, the, uh, look, I'm, I'm a white heterosexual male. And there's okay? nothing wrong with that, JP. Well, right. with enough Hispanic <laughs> that I've also gotten to play that card. So I've pretty much got the best of all worlds, right? <laughs> um, my, I grew, you know, my upbringing was a little different, but outside of that, I'm pretty much, I'm not, I'm not breaking anybody's mold here. Mm -hmm. Um, But the, so the one thing I would tell, the only advice I would give to those who are stuck in that position without any true understanding of what it's like to be stuck in that position uh, is this, the people that do that to you, the people that exclude you or attempt to exclude you the the thing about it is they're intimidated they're intimidated by the idea that someone would want to share in something that they felt they could only share with like their two best friends in a basement growing up and it's childish and it's petty and it's immature but that's what it is and sometimes it it and it can take a lot of different forms. Sometimes it's a lack of understanding. Sometimes it's even a lack of belief that someone that I'm, that is not my group of friends would be into something that I'm into, but whatever it is, it is truly a lack. It is, it is, I can't understand. And so therefore I reject, um, I don't know if that piece of information is valuable, well, but what I would say new, is... But yes, it is valuable. <laughs> right. It's so the same piece would, of information from like grade school when we were told that you know somebody was just bullying us because they felt intimidated by how well we were doing or whatever. You know, it's, or they liked it's, us. Yeah, that's a whole other abusive bullshit nonsense, but... Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> gender norms, yay. Uh, but... To what you were saying, JP, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it is it is definitely it's a sign of intimidation. Excuse. It's not an excuse, and that's the thing. And it, it it's not that I am looking at this and saying, well, how dare they do this, and, you know, you guys should stop them. That's not it at all. If there's one thing that, that you should know about me, it's that I am certainly not afraid in any capacity to speak my mind and make sure that I am understood. Mm-hmm. But it is exhausting to do so over and over again. Sure. Yep. That, and that's fair. And that's absolutely fair. And I would say that I think, for me, what's disappointing mm-hmm. in it is that it means that we got to the position of power and we did exactly what we said we wouldn't do. Well, yeah. Because every one of us growing up said, you know, I would never treat people this way. Right? Right. I would never do that to them. And not only do we do it to others, we do it to each other, which is really what's disappointing. Well, I mean, people and are I think shitty. That you, and, the, and I think that, I think the, the, well, I don't know that I agree with that. <laughs> I think that. What I would say is I think where it's most disappointing is with female gamers. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they get it the worst, and I don't really understand why. Um, I don't know. A lot of testosterone. 
Yeah, that that to me is one that I I just I don't get, but it seems to be the most disappointing. Oh yeah. Um but what I would say is I I do believe in the inherent good of people. And I think if we would all just take a moment and like realize we don't have our own shit together 90% of the time, let's not worry about other people's shit. <laughs> um we would probably just get get over it, right? We would just move beyond it. Um, and I'd like to think that, look, my friends are not like this, and you guys are not like this, and we're not doing this to anybody. It's just not our story that gets told. Sure. It's Zack Snyder's story gets told, because he happens to be the one who's passionate and maybe a little arrogant enough and committed enough to doing the things he has to do for someone to hand him a blank check and say, go make this movie. Sure. Um, and to some extent that's commendable because he put himself in that position. Um, and, but to some extent it's a kind of, uh, listen, dude, there was also this little saying about great power comes responsibility. <laughs> um, that's Marvel. You can't do that. No. Um, but it's, it's, who cares? <laughs> it's real, right? It's real. And I just, that is what I want Zack Snyder to take away. Look, your movie wasn't that bad. As a matter of fact, I love the way you treated Wonder Woman. I don't think everyone will, but I enjoyed it quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, and I think there was a lot of good parts to it. And I'm actually kind of excited about Jason Momoa's Aquaman. I'll admit that. I, I want a Batman solo film now. Like I think Ben Affleck. Like Ben Affleck was. Probably the the him and Gal Gadot probably the best the actors that came out the best in this movie and you know so the the Jeremy Iron. Hmm? Yeah, I mean they're, 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 it's one of those things where the, the the fair trade is yes. Are there aspects about this character that are not aspects I would particularly care for? Absolutely, there are certain things that I did not enjoy as far as the interpretation of what was written for the character. As far His as complete disregard of the life. character, mm -hmm. yeah, that whole thing. James? Yeah. I just said I, I loved I loved the delivery of what Affleck brought to the Ah, game. okay. Sorry. <laughs> no. We could, Our yeah. interrupting ruined that moment for you. I'm sorry. No, no. I said it and then you're you maybe overpowered it and then you didn't hear it and that's on you. I'm just, Our jokes oh, were God, too much. Worse. <laughs> um No, you're right though. I agree with that. I don't I think, but you know, I would say that even of Henry Cavill, I don't think that his delivery of the material was bad. I like him quite a, quite much. I just don't think he, it was written very well. Yeah, they, right. they, they uh, keep not giving Superman things to say, which is really weird when Batman has more lines than Superman. <laughs> that is really weird. What? Right? Yeah. It's like Batman, I think Batman and Bruce Wayne talk more than Clark Kent and Superman at all. like, And he's been in two movies. Right? When is that a thing that should happen? In this universe, apparently. No, Murderverse is not okay with me. Like, <laughs> what the fuck, Snyder? Well, Murderverse is like, a somebody perfect pointed, name. I read that on a forum somewhere. Somebody pointed that out, and they're like, really, dude, if you wanted to just make a Batman movie, 
because he's your favorite character, then you should have just made a Batman movie. No, that, he's your that I mean, favorite character. That was clearly the intention. Like they they started with Superman because they felt like they had to because he's the first superhero. And then you know, I mean, just just the way the the fact that Batman at least has somewhat of a character arc. In the, in the, I mean, that's saying something. Like, it's a small arc. It's, it's, it's barely a bridge. Um, but at least he has one. He actually gets from one point to another point, and you can kind of see how that happens. Superman is like a plateau. He's a flat line the, like, the whole time. And it, it shows who, you know, Snyder prefers and who, uh, and I don't know how much he had a hand in guiding the script, but the combination of Goyer and Terrio still didn't, mm. I know, uh, still didn't give uh, Superman any any help in in being the character that, even if you're not particularly like a Superman fan, you have to understand like there are amazing qualities to Superman that if you have the right writer, can bring those out in him. And no one apparently on the Warner Brothers team or in that circle has done their job. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. Um, all right, so we're at about 90 minutes. Um, I think that's good. I don't know that we actually okay. talked about the original topic very much, but who, who the fuck cares? What were we originally um, supposed to talk about? I don't even remember. They're okay. I talked about it a long time at the beginning of the show and then, like, totally didn't deliver. Sorry. Um, that's all right. <laughs> You're poor. I was just trying to heroes. I, that's where we I started. Was, I was just trying to give my version of BVS. Um, <laughs> lots of build out, little delivery. Um, <laughs> so, right. <laughs> um, so with that, I will say, um, we're going to record this and post it very soon. There will be an episode of some sort of maniacal geek that goes a little more in depth into BVS and a review of it. Um, yeah. it could be a three hour, Random. like, just emotional output pouring, or it could end up being a less emotional conversation. Who knows? It'll be a surprise for us all. I, I think even um, if, even with James and I having kind of like mellowed out, there's still. I mean, even even in this episode, we're still like we still, still get amped up about certain. I mean, this isn't going to be resolved anytime soon. <laughs> no, no. I, I will say this. Um, Murderverse does make me a little excited for Suicide Squad, because if anyone should be murdering people, it's them. I mean, that's totally um, true. So, you know. The one time it works in our favor, like, Murderverse, Silver go lining. murder everything. Well, okay. I mean, it's totally what Amanda Waller would do, so she might as well just murder everybody. No, she'll just get shot in the head. Ah, spoilers! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, make sure to check out that episode listen to our previous episode this is episode number two number two um, and i will probably record another one rather rapidly since there was such a big break between the last two it's so too. i know i was on vacation and sick how and just whiny nerd i know how dare you have um, a faulty meat suit and a life I know it's, it's <laughs> terrible of me. This is—I should just be in my basement pumping these out all the time. I can't believe you're and not going phallic again, JP. God, yeah, just sorry. ignore your wife and children and produce content. <laughs> exactly. 
Um, so check all that out. Make sure to read all of Sam's wonderful posts on the Maniacal Geek. Mm. Um, you can find me on Twitter. I have changed my Twitter handle to at nerdnonsense because, you know, Reasons. this is what this is. Um, at nerd underscore nonsense because, as we've always said, the underscore denotes awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, so find me there. Ro, you can also find on Twitter at at Roman on the rocks and I'm making my glorious comeback by doing more of these things we call podcasts and my website is just back well it's it's not perfect yet but I've started to write regardless of its perfection so uh, a review for said Batman the Superman yet another one that many people will probably disagree with will be on my website too so, are you gonna yes. are you yeah. gonna play uh, LL Cool J like don't call it a comeback <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Do it. You're old enough. <laughs> um, Sam, you can also find um, on the Twitter, Sam. It is at darling underscore Sammy, S-A-M-M-Y. <laughs> and uh, yeah, go to maniacalgeek.com as well as the uh, combination Maniacal Geek, That Girl with the Curls podcast page on Facebook. And you can find all the episodes of That Girl with the Curls on iTunes and SoundCloud. So. <laughs> yeah, I got to stop calling it Maniacal Geek. It is That Girl with the Curls. I even know that because that's how it pops up on my SoundCloud. Yeah, go but, figure, JP. I know. I don't know what to Fucking do about fail. that. <laughs> I know. Um, Tiff, I don't know. Do we find you on the Twitter? Uh, do we find you somewhere else? I'm there, but primarily just to get updates on PAX tickets. So, <laughs> no. Not okay. really. <laughs> Well, I mean, then it's, you're just... it's social justice doof warrior, but it would only make sense if you actually saw my <laughs> profile picture. So... <laughs> it's amazing. It is amazing. <laughs> so, okay. no, you guys just keep having me on podcasts, and I can't figure out exactly why, but, you know, hey. <laughs> because we love you. Yeah, you don't need to know why or humans. understand. Just be You have a, just a refreshing sense of rage that we can't get enough of. <laughs> Not like my bland, like just regular rage. Oh, hey, Ro, I will say this. Best spoiler about Daredevil is that we find out what his favorite drink is, and you're really going to appreciate it. Yes. Exciting. It it is the best part of the whole whole thing. And that is my moniker, because I'm on the rocks. I'll just say, this particular drink, he likes neat. Oh, that's very wonderful. As of always, you should. Um, that's right. Um, okay, so with that, we thank you all for listening. Please listen more, and we will say goodnight. Good night. Good night, Dr. Nick. <laughs>